Welcome back to the All Things Sports Podcast, your number one sports podcast. In a week where the Seattle Seahawks made it a game in Dallas, the Colts survive an overtime thriller in Tennessee, and the Patriots, well, they're still patriating. ATS is back to give you the real in sports. As usual, as always, I'm joined by Mr. Heat and Five himself, live from the city of New York. June, how you doing? Everything's good, man. Chilling. It's, it's, it's a warm winter day. I can't complain. There it is. There it is. Let's get right into it because we, we had some good football today. And I'm going to get right into it with your Colts, man. Like I just mentioned, survived the overtime winner in Tennessee. Apparently, you can't spell Nashville without two L's is what the post said <laughs> on the Colts IG page. I want to ask you a question about something that you said on Twitter. After the performance that Gardner Minshew put up today, man, 312 yards, two touchdowns, you said he is not exciting to cheer for anymore, to root for anymore. Where did that come from? Man. Shout out to Gardner Minshew. I'll say this. Look, I, he's got my support at the end of the day. He's my quarterback. He's the guy that, you know, that that's leading this team and this offense. You just let his stats out right there. He had a, um, that might be career numbers. He had a, a career high in the first half. Um, and all credit due to him. However, man, like, he just makes some plays sometimes throughout the game that you just question, like, what went through his head, you know what I mean? When he makes certain throws, why did he do that? Decisions, and, and it's it's at the point where sometimes you just can't defend it. So, you know, again, he is my quarterback. He is a starting quarterback for the Colts for the time being until um, Anthony Richardson comes back from injury. So I'm going to be there and supporting him and, and you know, wishing him the best and hoping that he has as much success as he can. Um, but it's stressful. It's stressful because he he's a he's – a, he gets, like, nervous and he gets, like, twitchy and he starts making these bad decisions. And some throws, you just – again, like I said, you can't defend. It's nothing more than that, bro. So I'm just imagining what this team would look like with Anthony Richardson out there. We're in a playoff spot. You know what I'm saying? Pittsburgh lost. Houston won. We got the one up on Houston. You just mentioned it. Uh, two L's in Nashville for the two L's uh, that we delivered to those Titans. Um, and, and uh, I mean, if we could just kind of go into the Colts game, uh, what a game because, yeah. I mean, it started off slow. It was it was one of those games where, all right, this is a division battle. They're They're getting off to a quicker start than we are. Derrick Henry had about 80, 80 something yards and two touchdowns in the first half. And the Colts defense has been going off on these slow starts week in and week out, but able to close things off at the second half. And it's, it's not concerning because I mean, at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's tough to stop an NFL offense, right. And be consistent in that regard week in and week out. And for how we've been able to do it, um, you got to give credit to the defense being led by Zaire Franklin leading the league in tackles and guys like EJ Speed. Um, the thing about the Colts defense, though, that you have to give a lot of credit is that we're doing so much on defense and we're making up for the mistakes that Gardner Minshew makes and, like, predicaments that the offense puts us in. So our red zone, you know, we couldn't get a touchdown to save our lives in the red zone. And so – just to fast forward, when we were 25-25 in overtime and Alex Pierce, Alec Pierce caught that bomb 
set us up at the five, I was nervous because I'm like, it's only two minutes left in this game. If we kick a field goal here and can't get in the end zone, which we haven't been able to do all game, you know, what are, are we going to tie with this team? You know, so I wasn't sure that we were going to be able to punch it in. It was a great play call, great play design, great execution by the quarterback and wide receiver one who is on a contract year. Uh, Mike, Mike Pierce understands Michael Pittman. I said, Mike Pierce, Michael Pittman understands that it's his job to bring, you know, success to this offense. We are going behind him, especially with Jonathan Taylor being out today uh, and for the next, you know, two to four weeks. Uh, Zach Moss couldn't get it going, and that's okay. We, we've got a true number one wide receiver. He had over over nine catches. I think he had a 10-catch, 11-catch day for 105 yards and a touchdown. Um, so it's just a lot of credit, man. And and this team is, is, is super well coached. And I think that conversation that we were having two weeks ago with coach of the year and candidates and D'Amico Ryan's being right there. He's still up there, but man, if Shane Steichen hasn't, you know what I'm saying? Climbed up in those ranks with wins to both uh, Tennessee and Jacksonville, uh, excuse me, Tennessee and Houston and sweeping Tennessee. We've got Jacksonville coming up on a schedule in a few weeks and I'll be excited to, uh, I'll be excited to go into Jacksonville and get that first win since 2014. So Shout out to the Colts, man. We win, you lose. <laughs> Again, can't spell two L's without Nashville or Nashville mm-hmm. without two L's. Other way around. Derrick Henry left the game uh, with an injury. He did manage to scrum up 100 yards. It's only his third 100-yard game. Kind of alarming. A little bit of a hot take. I don't know what year, what contract year he's in, but he might, uh, so not, be, my, he might not be a Titan for too much longer. My thing is... I was surprised we let Henry beat us. And I guess good luck to us because he got hurt and, like you said, wasn't able to return in that game. And Tajay Spears had a career day, but, well, career day was like 67 yards was his career high for the season. Um, And no shade, I'm just saying he didn't go and put up an amazing night against us. But my point is that if Derrick Henry is in this game for the end of the fourth and the overtime period, who's to say, you know, where things would have went. However, that's not how it went. And uh, I just wish that Gus Bradley would have made Will Levis beat us, you know, and not let this run game go crazy. We got to sell on that run in Tennessee and, uh, and let a, and let a rookie quarterback, you know, make a mistake if, if, if he's going to do that. So, but Hey, a win is a win. You know, you don't complain about how you do it. You just work on things to get better for next week, and uh, it's going to be an interesting closeout to the season, man. It's, it's, it's really going to be a fun closeout to the regular season. I told you the quarterbacks that we have um, on schedule. I think we got – is it is it a Cincinnati next? Let me double check. Yeah, we got the Bengals next, mm-hmm. and we know their quarterback situation. Mitch Trubisky had to come in in relief of Kenny Pickett today who hurt his ankle in the Cardinals game, which – them Steelers, boy. Hey, look, I know I got that Pittsburgh hat on. Let me take this. I got it. I need a haircut. This is really why I'm wearing a hat. I'm we sorry both do. This is the haircut you know episode yeah, right we, here. This is the, this is, we're in the trenches right now. It's about these sports. It ain't about nothing else. We give you the real sports, and we're not here to worry about how we look. All right? The presentation don't got to be there, but the facts will be. Um, 
And the facts are that we're playing a bad quarterback versus the Bengals. We're playing a bad quarterback versus the Steelers. We're going to be playing a bad quarterback versus the Falcons. We're going to be playing a bad quarterback versus the Raiders. And then we finish out the season January 7th against the best quarterback in the world, C.J. Stroud. So that'll be fun, which we already beat uh, on the road. So we'll be able to play him at home and hopefully get another win. However, we'll get back to where we were. Hey man, listen, Will Levis sacked six times today. And like you said, a win is a win. And I'm going to quote Shane Steichen after the game. It's awesome to see our guys fight every single week and just keep finding ways to win. And you might you might start slow, but when that clock hits zero, 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 if you're up, you're up. And the, and the dub is yours, right, as they say. Yeah. Hey, you just mentioned C.J. Stroud, best quarterback in the world, which, you know, I, I smirked that. I, this next guy we're about to talk about, I think, would have something to say about that. Mr. Brock Purdy, 19 for 27 today, 314 yards, four of them tutties in Philadelphia. Beating Let's the get Eagles to that. To a, yeah, beating the Eagles to a tune of 42 to 19. Credit to Jalen Hurts, did his job, just wasn't, you know, good enough. As they say, 26 of 45, 298, and one touchdown, which I believe was the running touchdown, if I'm not mistaken. Are the San Francisco the team to beat in the NFC now, June? Well, I would say so. Um, You know, as of right now, the thing about this Eagles team is that we've seen them far too much get down in games, right, where they're putting themselves in a a dangerous place. they're putting themselves in a dangerous place, you know, in a sense that, by the way, Jalen Hurts did have a, a rushing touchdown and a passing touchdown. Okay. He had a passing touchdown to Devontae. Correct, Smith. correct. But the Eagles put themselves in a place where, like, they have to just crawl out of this adversity in the second half, and they have the talent to do so. They have the quarterback to do so. But doing that against really good teams, one of the best teams in the league, really elite defense 49ers you're not going to be able to climb up out of that hole and the 49ers aren't a team that let up in the second half or you know like they're going to just let you come back and make it a game I mean this is the same 49ers team that beat the Cowboys earlier this season 42 10 at home and now they come on the road and they beat Philadelphia 42 19 we knew this was going to be and this is part of a tough gauntlet stretch of the season for the Eagles in which they got a few tough matchups here next week they got to take on the Cowboys on the road so that's not going to be fun and then they get the Seahawks right so three NFC conference games back to back to back versus playoff contending teams and this next game coming up before we before we stop talking about this 49ers game this next game coming up for the Eagles has a lot of division-winning implications because mm-hmm. um, they did beat the Cowboys early in the year, but the Cowboys are sitting at nine and three, and they have a chance to tie for first. Uh, and then, and dare you know, I say, point, MVP implications as well. Yeah, and dare um, I say it. And so, yeah, I, I think it, it's it is the team to beat in San Francisco. Um, they play with a lot of heart. We see that when they're at full strength. It, it, <laughs> Not a lot of guys can keep up. Not a lot of guys can keep up. And you did mention Brock Purdy. I'm glad you brought attention to his name because, I mean, four touchdowns versus that Eagles 
defense. Come on, man. We're not going to act like they're the best defense in the league. But what was really also impressive to me was 140 rushing yards for that 49ers team. And, you know, this Eagles defense has the best run defense in the league. That's we know that. Um, so for them to not be able to come out and run the ball effectively versus the 49ers as a good running team, and then in turn get dominated on that side of the field as well, it just says a lot about who the 49ers are. I don't think it's it's so much about, you know, can the Eagles keep up and the Eagles aren't good enough. I mean, the Eagles are sitting at what, 10 and 2 right now? Mm-hmm. Uh, 10 and 2, I think. So let's mm-hmm. pump the brakes. 5 and 1 at home, or, 10 and 2 overall. Yeah, like whoever, you know, is is looking at this loss for the Eagles, like, yeah, man, they can't, no. You know, it, it, they're sitting at 10-2 and two right now. And any team in the league would wish they're in the uh, position that the Eagles have put themselves in. But tonight, you know, tonight they got punched in the mouth. They weren't able to respond. And Brock Purdy went over for 300 yards and four touchdowns. And, again, you run for 140 yards on the Eagles team, I think, I think you have a really good chance to win that game, especially when you're being held to under 50 yards and Jalen Hurts is your leading rusher. I mean, come on, DeAndre Swift, six six for 13. Longest carry, four yards. Got to be better yeah. than that, bro. Mm. I want to bring highlight to that boy, Debo Samuels, too, man, because he he was doing what, it need, what needed to get done, especially that 12-yard rushing touchdown in the third quarter and a 48-yard touchdown pass from Purdy that Extended that fourteen to six halftime lead to twenty eight thirteen, and and you know that was all she wrote, as they say. They just kept laying yep. the hammer down. Pause. Hey, let yo. us. Yeah, right. Pause. 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 Listen, let's talk about the Dolphins, man, because we like to throw shade at the Dolphins, but they just keep performing. Good team, yep. bad team. I, I think I'm gonna up, just beating up. The, keep bullying the bad teams, man. You see it. <laughs> You see it. They, 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 Goliath. Oh they are Goliath, boy, versus the bad team. <laughs> I swear to God. 45 to 15. Uh, I mean, I talked about the commanders and their coaching situation and how bad Eric Bieniemy looks over there right now. And Ron Rivera just, I don't even know if he knows what coaching is anymore. But this boy Tyreek Hill, man. I miss that man. I miss this man in Kansas City. Five receptions, 157 yards, two touchdowns. He just, it just takes the edge off when your offense is on the field because you just know Tyreek is down there somewhere and he'll probably come yeah. up with the catch. Outgained the Miami outgained Washington to a tune of 406 yards to 245 total yards. Tua Tonga Vailoa. Woo. 18 for 24, 208 yards, two touchdowns. Sam Howell, once again, just about 50% completion, 12 for 23, 127 yards. And, of course, a turnover with this 4-9 and nine Washington team. Yeah. What would you see in this game? What would you like? What would you not like? Have your thoughts changed as far as they keep beat? Obviously not because we just mentioned that they keep beating up on bad teams. It's just just – they are beating up on teams. Should we take away the bad team part? Or w- what do you think about this? So, yeah, I don't think we should take away. I don't think we should take away the bad team part. Um, I do want to cut into this and just break some news here. We got a 14-3 to 3 
Packers lead over the Chiefs. Jordan Love finds Christian Watson in the end zone. I believe his maybe second touchdown on the season. But uh, give a lot of credit. Everybody picked the Chiefs to win this game. So you know what happens when they pick, you know, the same team. Typically, uh, typically the other team, underdog, goes on to win. Um, however, still early. Jordan Love is playing really good, and I wanted to bring light to that because I did think this Packers team going into the Sunday night football game had a chance to compete and not just compete but beat uh, that Chiefs team. With all that being said, I still think Patrick Mahomes will come back in the second half and uh, make things right for you guys. But back to the I Dolphins. so. And your question as far as do I still have the same sentiment? I'm going to go back into their schedule, and we're going to take a look at some of their wins and um, some of their losses. So their losses <laughs> came to the Bills. And the Eagles. And the Chiefs. And the Chiefs. Yeah, we got there. Yep. So their wins, their wins came up against division opponents like the Patriots, the Jets, the Chargers, who we know as frauds, who only was able to score uh, a hefty six points, a, a hefty six points on that New England defense. Uh, we'll today. get there. Yeah. Uh, the Broncos, who we're in a total different mindset at that point of the season. The Giants, the Panthers, the Raiders, and today the Commanders. Luckily for them, it gets sweeter. Next week, they go on the road. They, they stay home for Monday Night Football against the Tennessee Titans, who we just saw Michael Pittman have a great day against. And look at this. The New York Jets at home again. So... They've played the Raiders. They've played the Jets Black Friday. Today, they played the Commanders. Monday night, they get the Titans. And then following Sunday, they get the Jets again. I mean, Christmas couldn't come any earlier if you're a Dolphins fan. After that, <laughs> Noche Buena, as we say it in the Latino culture. Christmas Eve, as the Americans say it. Cowboys-Dolphins in Miami. And that's where shit's going to get real. Because we got Cowboys-Dolphins to finish the season, Ravens-Dolphins on the road, and then back at home for the last game against the Bills. So live it up right now. Live it up right now. This is like, this is basically like, um, you know, when you go on winter break before your report card come out? And you're enjoying yeah. the time with your family, like you know that report card yeah. gonna come out. <laughs> but you go, you gonna act like everything's cool, and you gonna enjoy your time with your family for now. And we gonna let the chips fall where they may. Now, I do sound like a Dolphins hater. I'm not. I'm obviously being a little funny here. I do think the Dolphins are a true playoff contending team. This team can win a Super Bowl, but they're gonna have to show me. Um, they're just going to have to show me more to finish the yeah. season off because a loss to the Titans, Dolphins, uh, excuse me, a loss to the Titans, Jets is going to prove a lot. And then to me, they got to go two out of three in this Bills, Ravens, Cowboys, you know, so. And you know got me, I got a friendly wager in the group chat. That they're going to lose two out of those three games, so. Ooh, okay. Well, I'll stay tuned for that then, but. I think they have their work cut out for them. As far as what we saw today, you mentioned it, Tyreek Hill. He's he's just piling on to that MVP level season. He's at like 1,400 yards right now on pace for 2,000 yards, something that nobody in the league has ever done. I think if he does get to that 2,000 mark, we have to look away from all the quarterbacks in the league and give this guy the MVP. Um, 
Wow. The Dolphins are doing what they're supposed to do, so I'm not going to discredit them for that. I can't say, you know, you're beating up on bad teams, so who can No, they're getting wins, right? The Dolphins are 9-3. and three. And again, like I said about the Eagles, any team in the AFC right now would love to be sitting at 9-3 and three atop of their division. So I'm going to give the credit. Tua is playing MVP-level football. The Dolphins are able to win the games they're supposed to. But hey, guess what? I want to see them win the games that other teams might be supposed to win. The, the teams that make the Dolphins the underdog win those games. And then we can really talk about Super Bowl contention because they lost to the back-to-back Super Bowl cha- or the defending Super Bowl champs, I should say, Kansas City. Does he crack Does he crack the two bands? Does he crack 2,000 yards, you think? I think he does. I mean, especially looking at the schedule, like I said, Titans and, and Jets. I mean, Jets have a great defense, but Tyreek Hill is still able to go off. And I just think, I just think, looking at this man, Tyreek Hill, who's going to stop him? I, I, we can't even look at the defenses too much and think too much of that. Who's going to stop Tyreek Hill? And as far as you saying, Ron Rivera doesn't even know what coaching is anymore. I mean, they fired Jack, Jack Del Rio, defensive coordinator, a few weeks ago, and I don't know who replaced him, but whoever did schemed up the <laughs> Dolphins uh, to for the commanders to go one-on-one against Tyreek Hill. I mean, there was no help, no double coverage, and this is what you get. So, Oh, my goodness. Listen, the Broncos, man, it looked like for a second they were going to pull it off today in Houston, and Russell Wilson found himself in a very, very, very familiar position. Goal line on the eight, ready to punch the ball in, win the game in these last seconds and he throws an interception to seal the victory for Houston today. Not so fast. The Broncos six and six Texans continue to roll seven and five. And you just said CJ Stroud, best quarterback in the universe. What did you see from him today that supports that, uh, that argument right there? Well, it's just week in and week out. This guy, he shows so much poise. I mean, he only put up 275 today, one touchdown. He got sacked five times for loss of 28 yards. But it's the poise. It's the throws that he's able to make. The arm talent spits out of the TV. And, like, him hanging in the pocket and putting something on the money, right? Uh, he just, to me, I'd be pretty sure you'd agree, CJ Shroud looks like he's been in the NFL for four or five years. He doesn't look like a rookie that's playing – in what is his 12th game, that's insane. What he's doing is insane. Mm-hmm. Like if Anthony Richardson was doing this or my quarterback for my team as a rookie, I mean, I'd be screaming MVP. I'd be screaming, you know what I'm saying, offensive rookie of the year, all types of things. Um, so you just got to give a lot of credit to C.J. Stroud. And, I mean, Tank Dell going down, it's it's super unfortunate. You know, they lose their key weapon of the season and um, we're going to see how they're able to replace and, you know, kind of spread the love in other places. But Nico Collins, man, shout out to him. <laughs> we talk about Tyreek Hill going off today. Nico Collins had nine catches for 191 yards and a touchdown. And Patrick Sertain, he got hurt. I'm not sure if he did come back in or not, if he came back in the game or not. But he did get hurt, and that might have been what saved or what helped, you know, Nico Collins on his way to, 100 190 almost two bands two bucks but at the end of the day 
they were the better team. Like you said, Russell Wilson found himself in familiar situation. However, it was more of a rushed situation. They didn't have any timeouts. It was less than 30 seconds. And so they had to go. I still think he made a bad throw. Shouldn't have, you know, you got to give your guy a better Mm -hmm. shot than that. Um, And he's made a few bad throws. He had three interceptions today. So this is the Russell Wilson that, you know, we were used to for the last year and a half. And, I mean, I'm looking here, like, 186. He only threw the ball 26 times, so it's not like they're trying to, you know, beat teams over the air. Um, but you can't win with three picks, and you can't win with three sacks that uh, lose you 22 yards combined. Nah, you can't, and especially against a team like Houston, who, how they're playing this year, lights out. Shout out to uh, shout out to their young guys. I mean, they went and drafted this year Will Anderson. Last year they drafted Derek Stingley, and uh, today they combined, they connected on a play where Anderson swatted a ball at the line and. Stingley got an interception. So it's just like we're seeing in real time what this this Houston Texans rebuild is looking like. And, um, again, unfortunate news with the Tank Dell injury. I hope that he's able to recover from that and come back strong next year. It's just the way it goes, bro. And it seemed it had seemed like the turnover bug was plaguing every team that Denver had been playing in these past yep. four or five weeks. I think before before today's game, they had, uh, if I'm not mistaken, 15, you know, turnovers, plus, you know. Plus 15, go, yeah, right? Plus they, 15 turnovers in like the last four or five games or something like that. Yeah. And I I mean, I couldn't help to wonder, like, what's, you know, that's that's not sustainable. It's amazing, you know, credit to taking advantage of the moments you need to take advantage of, but it's just not sustainable. So what happens when that luck runs out? And it seemed like, that, like I said, that turnover bug plagued them today to the tune of three picks from yeah. Russell Wilson, including um, the game ceiling one. I think that's an interesting perspective. I I personally wouldn't I think the Broncos defense is 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 solid as they come, you know. And if you're able to force teams into turnovers to where you're at the week twelve point league leaders in turnovers forced, it's not necessarily luck at that point. I think you guys are getting, you know, your your jobs done on defense and executing and forcing uh teams into bad play. So there's some there's some skill to getting turnovers as much as they do. Um, I think that I agree with your point that it isn't sustainable when you have an offense like that, you know, that doesn't rely on the pass game and doesn't want their quarterback to do necessarily too much to try to win them the game. And Russell Wilson has turned into like a game manager right before our eyes. So um, yeah, you'll never win a you'll never I mean, hey, never is crazy, but it's gonna be yeah. very very tough. When you uh when you throw three turn uh three interceptions, so shout out to the Texans, man. They just keep winning and cruising, cruising, cruising. They're seven and five right now, just like the Colts, bro. And who would have thought? That's the that's the only thing I'll say about the Colts and the Texans teams this year is that who would have thought? Even if they lose the rest of the games for the season, guys had the Colts and the Texans probably at the number one and the number two uh picks for the draft in 2024 with maybe three two four win seasons and we've exceeded expectations by a long shot so shout out to houston shout out to indianapolis uh for putting that work in let's take a trip over to los angeles where it seems like brandon low hat staley might have saved his job for just another week because i don't think you can fire a coach after a win hey you could, I guess, but I don't think that you actually can. The Patriots have done something 
that no other team has done since 1938, and it's lose three back-to-back-to-back games without scoring double digits. Wow. Hasn't been done since the 1938 season. Don't know what team it was. Don't ask. Didn't look into it that much, but I did see the stat. Did he save his job for another week, and do we see him somehow maybe retaining this position as the head coach of Los Angeles Chargers after beating the Patriots that are currently two and ten. Six I mean, to zero. I, yeah, two number field two, goals. There were no number, number two overall pick in the draft as we speak. But my thing is, EP, I don't want to say that he saved his job. Like to me, his job is safe. His job is safe. <laughs> so until we see otherwise. <laughs> and it's like they're going to say, like, you know, weather played a big factor in, in why these guys couldn't get it going. By the way, I do want to break a little news here. Green Bay does have three sacks in the first half versus this Kansas City offensive line, and uh, it's going to force them to, to kick the field goal. So it's about to be 14-6 Kansas City over, uh, excuse me, Detroit. Man, y'all know what I'm talking about. Green Bay. Green Bay over Kansas City. I apologize. Now, back to Los Angeles versus New England. Brandon Little Hat Staley's job is one of the safest jobs in America. Um, they're going to blame this this on the weather. You know, it was disgusting weather out there in Foxborough. But, you know, breaking news, I think it's been pretty nasty out across the country. You look at the, you look at the Tampa Bay game. That game was disgusting weather. And uh, they were able to put up 21 points, you know. Uh, you look at the uh, Cardinals-Steelers game. They went on two long delays for the game, and Cardinals were able to put up 24 points, right? I mean, the Dolphins and Commanders, it was it was nasty out there in Washington, D.C., and, hey, Dolphins put up 45 points. So, you know, with all that, with all that other shit, all that extra shit, I don't want to hear about it. The point of the matter is that this team has no offense – and the reason that they didn't let any any touchdowns uh, this week is because, I mean, Bailey Zappi. Like, let's be honest. Well, what are what are we talking about here when we're talking about the Patriots yes. and their offense? Right. We're the Patriots want to lose, so let's get that straight. But um, Justin <laughs> Herbert, you know, twenty two completions, two hundred twelve yards, no touchdowns. Didn't get sacked once. Only ran the ball as a team, Los Angeles, for twenty nine yards. How do you expect to win? And and they did, and they did. But how do you expect to win with those numbers? You know how? If you're playing New England. And it's a similar game to the New England-Germany game in, uh, versus the Colts where it was like a 10-6 final. But, I mean, mm-hmm. this is a Chargers offense. This is not Gardner Minshew, right? This is Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen, Quentin oh, Johnson, Austin Eckler. Yeah, like, what are we talking about? So I really don't want to continue on this game. Uh, it doesn't deserve to be talked about. It's a six six nothing final. We don't even see that in football anymore. Iowa scores more than six Jeez. points. Oh my goodness! Hey, shout out to the chat right now. Jay in there saying what's up. ATS on top. Cardi's in there. Appreciate uh, you. Know, he's the uh, the homie, I love the homie Patriots fan. He said, Cardi says not too much on my guys. Shut up. And... Shut up. Listen, Cardi. <laughs> And, and Cardi, I appreciate you. You know that, bro. You know I love and appreciate you, but please, please take that shit to the Patriots podcast because 
At this point, you need to start rooting against the Patriots. And I understand that if you're happy where you're at because draft implications, right? Colts were this bad last year. It was embarrassing. And, hey, we drafted Anthony Richardson. But, no. And, Cardi, before I finish on the Patriots, comment below, please. Do you want Bill Belichick to return next year as a Patriots head coach? That's all I need to know. I mean, I, I, I still stand on him. He can be a head coach next year, but he just can't be their GM because he's making horrible football operation draft picks and decisions. But I digress. I want to keep it at, at Cardi's uh, comments in the in the chat. As Green Bay scored their last touchdown, he asked me if I was nervous. And I'm going to bring up this game cast right now. Is he talking about the, the Chiefs? Is he talking about the Chiefs when he's a Patriot? Okay. <laughs> If I'm honest about this, and like we mentioned last week, Monday, or I mentioned anyway, the Chiefs' inefficiencies and deficiencies as far as the offense is concerned, the way that we've gone scoreless for, you know, 30 minutes at a time is obviously concerning. Uh, Pacheco has 54 yards right now. Kelsey has 33 yards right now with two receptions. Patrick Mahomes has been sacked, you said, three times, if I'm not mistaken, in the first half. Nervous, for sure, for sure, for sure. I would say at this point because it, it, it's—I I said it last week—it's starting to look very not good. And I know it's horrible vocabulary, but this is horrible offense accompanied by horrible vocabulary at this point. <laughs> It—it's it, it, not sustainable. Again, you said it yourself. Everyone was high on the Chiefs. Chiefs covered today. Ah ah ah, and. You know me, I stay away from betting Chiefs games first off and foremost. But I've said it before. I said it when I was in Italy, when we played, uh, was it Jacksonville, when uh, Chris Jones came back for the first time. I said, hey, look, they'll win, but they're probably not going to cover. The Chiefs don't cover. They do what they got to do to get the dub and keep it moving. I reference all the time the, the, the Super Bowl run in 20th season. It was a bunch of comeback wins. All playoffs was a bunch of comeback wins. Yeah. And the Super Bowl was another comeback win. But we just haven't shown that tenacity this season to show that, you know, we can lock in when, you know, we need to lock in and we can score when we need to score. So that was a long-winded answer to a yes. Uh, I am a bit nervous. June, should Chiefs fans be nervous right now with how this season and how these games are looking? No, I'm not going to lie. Listen, if Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback, I don't know that nervous is a word that you necessarily have to use. In the playoffs, of course, you know, it's – it's so much more, you know, at stake and on the line and one little miscue can ruin the season. But we're still in the regular season again. A lot of AFC teams wish they could be sitting where the Chiefs are at eight and three atop the AFC West. Let's not get too carried away. The way you guys have gotten there hasn't been the prettiest. It's been a lot of learning curve. It's been a lot of um, new chemistry being built. But this is what the Chiefs do. And throughout the season from say late October into early December, this is where they're brewing, you know, and, and getting ready and geared up for the playoffs. So Patrick Mahomes is going to be Mahomes. You guys still have Travis Kelsey on that offense. I mean, you can't be too nervous, uh, if at all, about what you have right in front of you. You guys are, we're talking about a one possession game, right, in the first half. So versus a Green Bay team who isn't guaranteed anything. Um, I think I think the Chiefs are just fine. I wish I wish I wish I shared that sentiment. 
I really wish I did. I mean, but I get it. You're probably, a fan, though. Probably you know the what fan I'm me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. you're a fan. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Absolutely. There's a lot of other things that we could get into, but as you all know, Sundays are the football, football, and sometimes on occasions football episodes. June, you got anything else you want to get into before we wrap it up? Yeah, I do want to just point out the fact that the Detroit Lions are nine and three right now, and they are the number. I don't. I think they're the number two team. They're probably the number three team after that law after that win with uh, the Forty ers But um, Detroit, man, I, we just gotta like the thing about Detroit is that. We've never seen this in our life. In our life, we've never seen this. Like, we weren't around for the Barry Sanders era, and I don't even know what the record on the teams that Barry Sanders played was. I'm sure it wasn't nothing amazing. Um, Matthew Stafford, Calvin Johnson is what we know about Detroit. 0-16 is what we know about Detroit. Up until two years ago, this Detroit team was not competing for an NFC North division championship. Dan Campbell hire, trade for Jared Goff, couple draft picks, one of the best teams to beat in the NFC. And so, you know, you asked me earlier if the 49ers are the team to beat in the NFC, and I do agree and I still agree. I think the Eagles are are the close second right there, but it might be 1A, 1B, 1C. I mean, these three teams right here atop the NFC are some of the best teams in the NFL. And to the point where I think I would say the Eagles, the 49ers, and the Lions are better than the Dolphins. And that's, again, Dolphins fans might hate me for that. But, like, we've seen them put the work in. We've seen them with the pedigree and be able to beat good teams um, and do it consistently. So that's just where I'm at with it right now. I got those three teams in the, in the power rankings, and I'll probably sprinkle in Baltimore and Miami in there. So um, uh, then again, you know, Cowboys got something to say about that too. So I'm Monday, tomorrow, we will talk about the power rankings uh, we will talk about the college football playoff. We wanted to let NFL breathe. Um, there was a lot of backlash that college football playoff got and the committee got for picking the four that they picked. Y'all know the four. We'll talk about them tomorrow. Um, I guess that signs us out, EP, if you want to get us out of here. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out. A uh, couple shout outs and like reverse shout outs. One, did it last week, do it again this week. That boy HD put up a hell of a fight. Yeah, in man. Salt Lake City. Um, didn't turn out as we all wanted it to, but hey, man, I sent him a private message, gave him, showed him a bunch of love, told him, you know, the city's proud of you. You keep doing what you're doing. No reason to to hang your head on this one. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? New Orleans Saints, booing Derek Carr. Very funny. That's my reverse shout out for the night. Very funny. Very funny. Very funny. Booing your own quarterback at the crib is jokes, man. You're sick to my stomach. Sick to my stomach, fam. <laughs> pure jokes, pure jokes, pure jokes. Um, but yeah, those were my two little shout out and reverse shout outs for the nah, big shout out to HD though, man. Howard Davis out of Broward County, Florida, bare knuckle 
fighting championship. Uh, he had a big fight this weekend in Salt Lake City, just to kind of piggyback off what you said. And, and hey, look, we don't always, it don't always work out the way we expect it to. But the thing about champions is that they don't stop. They don't quit. They don't let this, you know, alter their, their perception on how they can get. Listen, HD is, is already past this, I'm sure. And I know how mentally strong he is. The man has a family. He's more than just a fighter. He's a father, friend, you know what I'm saying? And so on and so forth. So um, he'll get back to doing that until his next fight. And I'm sure that he'll be more than prepared for his next fight. I do want to point out the fact that uh, a lot of backlash came out of that fight after the fight. And people were very critical about the fighting style in which his opponent chose to use. And it's kind of like a you know, like embarrassment to the sport. It, it kind of like shames what fighting All is. Yep. And um, it's, it. listen, a loss is a loss. And, and HD, he's not asking me to say this. He wouldn't say this himself. You know what I'm saying? He'll take the loss like a champion like he is. But uh, we, we're in sports media, right? And, and we talk about shit. So um, when you go on social media and the first things that people are saying isn't like, oh, you know, he could have did. They're literally bashing the fighting style of the guy who won. Um, Kai Stewart. It, it has to speak for something. So, like I said, bro, shout out to HD, bro. We're super proud of you, ATS fam. You already know that. And uh, until we catch up, bro. Thousand percent, thousand percent. That was this week's Sunday night, real in sports. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Peace.